10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwald, and thank you so very much for deciding to join me once again. Got some exciting news right off the bat. Um, the Treehouse of Liberty has become Treehouse of Liberty Media. We have created a new website, which is going to be called the Treehouse of Liberty Times, and I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Mr. Clay Moore aboard as an associate editor and also a staff writer for the page. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of the same things that we do on the show. News, politics, current events, probably some sports, anything else that we can manage to throw in there. And we're going to be doing some new content as well, things that you won't hear on the podcast. So we hope that you will check out both. Uh, the site for the new page is treehousemedia.blogspot.com treehousemedia.blogspot.com and Clay and I have started a little bit of construction of the page um, he actually just wrote an outstanding column yesterday that uh, I had the opportunity to sit down and read it was just like looking at current events and what's going on in this country right now you know especially with race and with the riots and protesters and all of these things that are happening but from a personal perspective from him. Um, he grew up in the South, and he's a little older than I am, and lived through some of the things that are the scars and the black marks on this country, you know, as far as segregation and, you know, using different restrooms and restaurants in some cases, and, you know, just the, the division and the, um, the treatment of African Americans as less than second-class citizens, honestly. Um, you know, anybody can kind of talk about the news side of what's going on right now. Anybody can do a, a historical perspective of segregation. But when you have somebody who has lived through those times and has a working understanding, especially in the South, you know, in the 60s, um, you know, somebody who saw some of the, the horrible things that happened then, you know, and his thoughts on comparing that to what's going on now, um, it's just a, a fascinating kind of first-person perspective on things that I think if you guys go to the website and check it out, you'll really enjoy it. Um, Clay is just a talented guy. He really is. I mean, he's, he's written for this show. He's been on this show. Um, you know, he's extremely well-spoken, extremely knowledgeable. Um, and on top of that, he's a good friend of mine. Um, he and I actually met through a mutual friend on Facebook about a year, year and a half ago, I suppose, probably closer to a year and a half um, realize very quickly that we have a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same concerns about what's going on in this country. Um, on a personal level, we're fairly similar people, you know, God, family, country in that order. Um, and it's been a blast to get to know him. And I will be really anxious as things progress um, to get to know his thoughts on things a little bit better through his writing. Um, like I said, his first piece was just outstanding. You know, we, I, I wrote one before that. We both basically covered the same topic. Um, 
but I kind of did it from above the situation looking down at it. And Clay wrote his piece from the middle of it, you know, through a through a fairly lengthy uh, period of our history. I'm not saying he's old, but <laughs> um, but like I said, I mean, it, living in Alabama and Georgia in the '60s, things were a whole lot different for African American Americans uh, than they are now. Um, and it's it's interesting to get that kind of perspective. Um, again, I would urge you guys to check it out. It's treehousemedia.blogspot.com. And if any of you are interested in writing for the website or contributing to this show, uh, I actually created a separate email address instead of using my personal address all the time. And it is treehouseoflibertymedia.gmail.com. treehouseoflibertymedia.gmail.com. And again, you can reach us for the show or for the website. Um, just kick us an email. And you don't even have to put listener commentary anymore. We know if it's going to that address that that's what it is. Um, I kind of, I didn't really put anything together for today's show. Usually I at least have an outline of the things that I want to talk about. I didn't do that this week. Um, and that's okay because some of my favorite shows have been shows where I have had nothing in front of me and just rambled for a half an hour. Um, and I hope they've been interesting for you too. One of the things that was really exciting for me happened at 7.51 this morning. I am not a morning person. Um, I avoid mornings like the plague, which carries a whole new meaning right now because we actually have a plague. Um, but I, I am not a fan of mornings. But I was so excited uh, for the launch of the Atlas rocket that carried Perseverance today, the rover that's going to, the, uh, to Mars. Um, that I had to get up and I had to see it. It was so cool what they did with this thing. NASA actually gave regular people the opportunity to submit their information, and they took three tiny little chips uh, from what I read about the size of your thumbnail, and they put 10.9 million names on these chips um, with whatever super fine lasers or plasma cutters or whatever it is. That, that technology is kind of beyond me, but um, they actually put the names of these 10.9 million people on these chips, and my name was one of the ones that was put on there. And it's not anything special. I mean, obviously there's 10.999 whatever a million other people that got their names on there, but I am I am such a huge space junkie. I mean, to me... You know, things that we don't understand, things that we don't know, questions that we can't answer, things that are too big for my finite brain to grasp. I am just absolutely fascinated by those things, and I always have been. And I love space. I mean, I just love space. Um, it's kind of funny. When I take the, take the dog out to do her business before she goes to bed at night, you know, she will, and she'll be ready to go inside. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at Venus and Mars and the stage of the moon. And sometimes on a, a really super clear night, I can actually see a band of our galaxy that goes right across the top of my house. And it's just, I get chills even talking about it, you know. So, like I said, I, I'm one of those people for whom space is just, it's hard to, hard to even put into words how interesting and entertaining it is for me and how cool it is to try to grasp some of these giant concepts. 
Um, Perseverance itself is really an interesting machine, too. We've sent three other rovers to the moon. The last, or I keep saying to the moon, to Mars. The last one, I believe, was Curiosity, um, which sent us back some great pictures, you know, analyzed some soil samples and things like that. And in no way am I trying to minimize what Curiosity did. Um, but Perseverance is just on a whole different level. Um, it actually has a laser on it that it can point at a rock, fire the laser at it, and tell us what the geology of the rock is. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable the things that we're able to do in this day and age and that NASA's able to do and SpaceX and, um, you know, all these different agencies and scientists and, you know, people who are so much more intelligent than I am. It's not even funny. Um, but the exciting thing for me, and I think for a lot of us, will be the fact that Perseverance is going to land in a crater that actually used to be a water lake. Um, and this crater has the remnants of a delta, uh, which actually fed the lake. And Perseverance is going to land in there, and it's going to... Um, analyze the area and see what there was as, as far as former life or, you know, fossilized life up there. Um, you know, life as we know it requires water, um, as we all know. But I think it'll be really interesting to see in that basically lake bed of a crater, um, you know, is there, is there the remnants of microbial life? You know, I, we're not going to find Martians. We're not going to find, you know, somebody living on Pluto, you know, all of these things. We would have known all of that by now. But to have final, definitive, unequivocal proof that there was life on another planet, I think would be, oh, forgive the pun, earth-shattering for us. Um, and I'll be really anxious to see what Perseverance is able to find. I think, too... The other reason that the launch excited me so much is that there is such a sense of national pride anytime we go to space. You know, if you look, you know, at this in the 60s, um, you know, at the Apollo program, you know, everybody stopped. Every TV in the country was on, you know, and it didn't matter what was going on in that in that moment down here when Neil Armstrong stepped off that ladder. We were all one country. We were all Americans. We were all excited about the same thing. I remember the the shuttle launches when I was a kid. You know, it was the same kind of deal. You know, obviously the the shuttles weren't going as far as uh, Apollo, weren't landing on the moon. But, you know, just that sense of look at us. You know, look at what we as a people can accomplish. And I think we really need that right now. When you look at... Uh, COVID-19, obviously, it's just wearing us all down. I mean, it just is. Even if your life isn't all that directly affected by the virus, it is having an impact. You know, just the bad news and the numbers and, you know, how soon are we going to be able to come up with a cure? How soon are we going to be able to come up with, you know, a vaccine? You know, how soon are we going to be able to get out of this mess? You know, and even the little places that it does affect us, you know, having to put a mask on before you're around anybody, 
You know, I remember during SARS, you know, seeing the, the people in China with the, the masks on their faces and thinking, man, that's got to be a horrible way to live. You know, being so frightened that you don't leave your house without a mask on. You know, fast forward to the United States, 2020, and the, the world, too. It's not unique to us, but, you know, here we are, and, and that's what we're dealing with. Um, and, of course, the racial tension in this country is just about enough to drive me insane. Um, I understand we have shortcomings. I understand there are things that need to change and things that we, as all Americans, need to work on. But to see the fires, to see the looting, to see 1,300-plus police officers being injured, to seeing, I think we're... I think we're over 20 people killed in the riots now. You know, to see these people at different points take over and declare sovereign areas in parts of the United States. You know, to see over two consecutive months worth of rioting in Portland. I don't know how many of us can sit back and watch that and say, oh, that's, you know, okay, that doesn't affect me. I live in a small town in western Maryland. I don't have to worry about that stuff coming here. You know, but it's our country. It's us. You know, it's our brother and sister Americans that are suffering. And I have nothing but respect for the peaceful protesters. You know, I, I certainly don't begrudge them that. You know, I'm a constitutionalist. I mean, how could I possibly be opposed to free speech? I can't, and I'm not. Um, I don't care if there's a 100,000-person rally, you know, to scream all day that Jason's an idiot. You know, do I like what they're saying? No. Do I fully support their right to say it? Absolutely I do. And I, I thank God and my founders that I have the right to speak freely, too. You know, um, but it's it's just such a difficult time. I, I don't remember in my lifetime, I'm 46 years old, I don't remember in my lifetime another time where two such serious things have been occurring simultaneously. Um, and it's difficult to deal with. So, again, you know, when I had the chance to get up this morning and watch something that could take me away from that a little bit and I could see you know what my country is able to accomplish what are incredible men and women um, who understand rocket science and how all these things go together and orbital trajectories and <laughs> all those things that you know I, I don't understand and the fire looks cool and I know that it's going to Mars you know that's the extent of it as far as what I know I know a little bit more than that but not much when you get right down to it. Um, but it was just, it was super cool to take a break from what's going on in the country and the world right now and just watch something that I could take pride in as an American. And I hope that there were many Americans of, you know, all different backgrounds watching that feeling the same way. We deserve to. Um, one of the things that's really, really bothering me right now is the fact that I just found out yesterday that my brother is one of the protesters in New York City. I don't know if he's being peaceful. 
I don't know if he is one of the militant protesters. I, I would hope and pray that he's being peaceful. Um, but my brother and I are extremely passionate people. Um, you know that listening to this show. You've heard me get worked up. You've heard me get upset. You've heard me laugh hysterically. Um, you know, the, the whole range. And, you know, he and I both have always been told that we're people that wear our hearts on our sleeves. And while I think that's generally a good thing, um, it, it can definitely be a bad thing. And it, it's hurt me at times. You know, I, I've had issues with controlling my temper at different times. Um, and thankfully, it, you know, it hasn't hurt anybody. It hasn't caused any serious issues. But it is something that I've had to work on and learn to get better at. Um, I know that Chad is the same way. Um, he blocked me years ago on Facebook because he couldn't stand to have an honest debate. Um, he was one of those people that if you didn't agree with him, you're an effing moron, and that's all there is to it. And so it does make me nervous just a little bit, knowing how I am um, with my emotions and the range and all of those things, and knowing that he's the same type of person you know, and understanding mob mentality, you know, it, it, it makes me worry. You know, could he be one of those people who is, I'm just going to say it, being a terrorist? Um, and to be perfectly frank, I'm not going to find out, at least not on purpose. Um, I, I want nothing to do with that, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry that that's the case, but I don't. Um... I don't believe that Black Lives Matter has a legitimate cause. And please understand what I'm saying when I say that. Um, I think black Americans have a legitimate cause. I don't think Black Lives Matter does. And where I see the difference is that Black Lives Matter doesn't address at all the 92% of black Americans who are killed by people who look just like them. 92%. You know, the number of black Americans killed by police officers is a fraction of 1%, thank God. But to me, if you're not going to look at the 92%, if you don't care about that, if you're not going to if you're not going to be active in support of changing that, then you don't have the ability to say that black lives even matter to you. You know, Black Lives Matter is a farce. It is an absolute farce. You know, they're, they're creating a problem that doesn't exist to try to get more preferential treatment. It's that simple. And yes, I said more preferential treatment. You know, I mean, African Americans get preference in hiring. They get preference in scholarship. They have scholarships for their race. They have their own schools. You know, I mean, it's like those privileges don't exist for white people. Now, are black people being discriminated against? Yeah, they probably are. Is there a, a black man or a black woman who probably should have been hired for a job that wasn't? Yep, probably happens. They can sue. I can't. And I actually had that happen to me. I took a civil service test for our city police department here. 
And I got the number one score on the written test. I got the number two score on the physical agility test. I had two written recommendations from uh, current criminal intelligence police officers in that department. I didn't get an interview. And my letter to the chief went completely unanswered. And one of the two people that wrote me the recommendation, we were both in the Army Reserve at the time, and one of the guys that wrote me the recommendation, he said, Jason, you didn't have a chance. What are you talking about? He said, they hired two black guys, an Asian and a woman. I didn't have a chance. They were meeting quotas. You know, at least on paper, I was the most qualified person there that day when the test was administered. And I don't even get an interview. So, I mean, I've legally been discriminated against because of my skin color. If you're my age or younger and you're a black person, you can't say that. You cannot say that. As I said, does it happen? Sure. Can they sue? Sure. Can I? No. No, I can't. And so, yes, I understand there are issues that black Americans have to complain about. I absolutely do. You know, I I would love to see the number of black Americans shot by police officers reduced to zero. You know, unfortunately, sometimes they display deadly force, and when they do, our officers have to use deadly force. Occasionally, very rarely, one is too many, but very rarely, we have a situation like the George Floyd case, you know, where that man was flat out executed. I mean, he's executed. As a police officer, you know what positional asphyxia is. You know what someone, what can happen to someone who is handcuffed and just laying on their stomach, let alone having a knee on their neck. And one or two of those officers even said, hey, you know, should we move him? And he said, no. He knew precisely what he was doing, and he knew precisely what the result was going to be. Now, how often does that happen? You know, I I think there are very, very, very few instances where a police officer deliberately kills a black person or any person for no reason. As I said, one is too many. One is far too many. You know, I was listening to Sean Hannity's show a couple of weeks ago, and he had George Floyd's pastor on, and it was just... You know, he seemed like such a good dude. You know, he said that Floyd came to him at first. You know, how can I help gather the flock? You know, meaning how can I bring people to the faith and to your church? And religion and Christianity is not everything. You know, but you, you generally don't have someone who is not in a paid position, you know, who actually was new to the area at the time, you know, looking to help in that way. And the pastor that Hannity talked to, and I'm sorry, I wish I could remember the gentleman's name. Um, You know, he just talked about what a nice person George Floyd was and how great he was to be around and how he was always happy and how he cared about everybody. 
you know. And I realize that when someone dies, we tend to not talk about the negative aspects of him. I mean, he was a human being. But it sounds like he was a good human being. And he's an American. You know, you either care about your brother and sister Americans or you're wrong. That's it, as far as I'm concerned. But again, if you are going to call yourself Black Lives Matter and only the tiniest fraction of 1% of murdered black people murder, matter to you, then black lives don't matter to you. If you don't care about little three-year-old Makai James being shot and killed in his father's car, I'm pretty sure little Makai didn't do anything to anybody. And I, I didn't write down all the names. I probably should have. God knows our media is not going to tell you what they are. You know, there was a one-year-old little girl. No, I'm sorry, it was a boy. There was a one-year-old boy shot in a stroller at a Chicago playground. There was a seven-year-old girl in Chicago. Stray bullet through her second-story window. Killed her. You know, I mean, it's like Chicago's a war zone. I realize it's not every neighborhood, but good Lord. You know, every weekend, every weekend, there's between 50 and 60 people shot in that city. There's 12 to 18 that die. You know how many of those are black? 99%. On an average year, in an average year, 99%. You tell me where the problem for black lives lies. It's sure as hell not with the police. And something has to be done about it. I actually do care about that. I know Black Lives Matter doesn't, but I do. You know, we've got to be decent enough to realize that there's a problem. There's a real problem. With all due respect and apologies to Mr. Floyd and his family, that's not where the problem is. And I'm tired of police getting a bad reputation for being out there risking their damn lives for us every single day. Men and women who stand between us and people like that. People shooting up their neighborhoods. People don't care if kids get mowed down. The child molesters. The murderers. The monsters, the literal monsters that walk this earth. Thin blue lines are a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. And I hate cliches. I really do. But it is the men and women of law enforcement that stand between us and evil. And evil is a word I don't use very lightly. But that's where they stand. They draw that line for us, and they protect it with their lives. And I admire the hell out of them for it. I've spent a few years in law enforcement, and it wasn't the place for me. I wish it had been.
but it wasn't. I admire the hell out of the men and women that put on a bulletproof vest every day, that strap a sidearm to their hip, that put a shield on their chest. I say, you know what, Jason? You don't have to worry about it. I got you. I got you. And they do. My girlfriend's son, Josh, is a Maryland State Trooper. 28 years old, a better head on his shoulders than I've ever seen in a young man that age. Bought his own home, has a great fiance. Prime of his life. And every day, on goes the bulletproof vest. On goes the sidearm. On goes the shield. On goes the campaign hat. And he tells his community, I got you. You don't have to worry. And they don't. I'm going to have the privilege on Sunday of going to a Back the Blue rally at City Hall in my hometown. I know there will be at least two police officers there. They have to expect counter-protesters. Unfortunately, where we are, if something would happen, <laughs> the police department's right across the street. So backup's not an issue. But they'll have at least two there. And I can't wait. Of course, you can't shake their hand with COVID going on right now. But I can't wait to look them in the eyes and tell them thank you. Thank you. You know, everybody thanks people that are in the military all the time. You see somebody, in hey, thank you so much for your service. Appreciate you. Somebody sees on Facebook, oh, you spent military time in the military? Thank you. And that's great. We should do that. But how many, tell, how many people tell police officers that they're pigs? How many tell police officers that they're out to kill black people? How many tell police officers that they hate their guts? How many tell police officers to F off before they roll the window up after getting a ticket they deserve? In my humble opinion, with all respect to the true heroes in the military that I served with, I'm not a hero, but I know a bunch, you know, <laughs> these police officers are the ones we need to thank. And so that's going to do it for another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I have been your host, as always, Jason Fornwalt. Thank you guys so very much for giving me a half hour of your time again this week. I really do appreciate that. Time's our most precious commodity. You give me a little bit of it, and I'm more than grateful. Speaking of grateful, if you see our cops out there, our police officers, those men and women in blue, green, tan, whatever it is, as long as they're not in the middle of something, please just tell them thank you. It's simple doesn't take much time doesn't take any effort really and it makes their day you know they have our six i think we need to have theirs as well so you guys know i like to hear from you any possible time we're going to change it up a little bit i know you're used to hearing the whole you know jd at gmail.com and treehouse1776 on twitter and all that fun stuff 
just send me an email, treehouseoflibertymedia.com, treehouseoflibertymedia.com. Thank you all so very much. Please stay safe out there, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon.